Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all of God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Whether I'm in chains of defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Thank you so much. Wow, so great to be together. Let's join and thank all Kingsgate family online, Cambridge, Leicester. Great to be all together celebrating this 35 years. I don't know about you, but I actually really like celebrating milestone moments. As some of you, I think, are aware, uh, a short while back in May, I celebrated my 60th birthday. Can you believe it? Anyway, had a great time, and I took the opportunity to both look back and reflect on the goodness of God uh, in my life, obviously, particularly since I became a Christian, but also took some time to seek him for what lies ahead. And I came into this new season with a real fresh sense of expectancy about what he's going to do. I remember a particularly poignant moment while we were celebrating. We had a great time celebrating with friends and with family. And then on this particular family holiday, there was a, a moment I'll never forget where the whole family, for all four generations, well, three and a half generations, um, gathered around me and um, prayed. And my dad excuse me, my dad laid his hands on me and he thanked God for the journey thus far and then he gave me a scripture and he spoke a blessing over me for the next part of the journey. And I can honestly say, whether it was that moment, whether it was just something that God is doing in my life, but I can honestly say, as I look ahead, I feel 60 years young, <laughs> genuinely with a sense of expectancy that some of our very best days still lie ahead of us. And when I think of Kingsgate and I look back to a, a wonderful 35 years, yes, ups and downs, but through it all we've seen the work of God and the faithfulness of God in every area of our lives. It feels like we've had a, an amazing chapter, but there's like a new page turning and I can look ahead with a real sense of anticipation. As a church family, I absolutely believe <clears throat> that our very best days are ahead, not just for this generation, but for generations to come. Amen? 
Now to help us in this sort of looking back and celebrating and looking ahead to what's ahead, I'm going to base the message on the first part of Paul's magnificent letter to the Philippians. And we're going to be unpacking this letter over the next couple of months. It's an absolute feast uh, of uh, gospel truth. And we're going to be homing in today on the reading you just heard, which is really Paul's prayer. Paul was a man of prayer. And I love the fact that he starts the whole letter with really a prayer. It starts with looking back with thanksgiving, and then he goes ahead and prays for the future. And what struck me as I was studying this is that Paul has a clear timeline in mind. And so we have a sense that here's Paul, he's writing from prison 10 years before the start of the church. So you'll notice there, um, he's, he often talks about the beginning. And when he's talking there, he's talking about the beginning of the church in Philippi. How, and you can read about it in Acts 16. It's a wonderful read, by the way, of how the gospel broke out into this city. It was actually the first church in Europe. So it's a momentous moment. And God broke out, people got saved. And he's looking back, probably, they reckon, about 10 years since he started the church. So he's in the present, he looks back to the beginning, but he's got also the future in mind. And so he refers to what I'll just set call now, the day. Hold that in mind, because we're gonna come to that. So, and here we are, we are looking back to the beginning of Kingsgate, what was known then uh, Peterborough Community Church. We're not looking back 10 years, we're actually looking back 35 years. But we're also, and I want us to look at the end of the message, to keep in mind the future and particularly the day. Now, when Paul writes, he's obviously talking um, right back to the very start of the church and some of those he's writing to would have been there literally at the beginning. If you study Acts 16, I'm sure Lydia was still around, the jailer was still around. People have got converted right at the beginning. But along the way, people will have joined over the last 10 years. And yet he includes all of them. He writes his letter in the intro. He talks about to all the saints. So even though you might not have been here from the beginning, in fact, very few of you were here literally at the beginning, I want to include you um, however you got here and whatever time you joined. And so just to kind of honour the journey, um, I want just to say that if you join Kingsgate between the beginning, from the 1988, through until 2006, before we moved into the building, will you give me a big wave and a big cheer, if that's you? Come on, let's, let's say well done to all those pioneers. Amazing. And then if you joined, and it may be those of you watching online, Cambridge, Leicester, this was your joining moment. If you joined between 2006, when we, from the moment we opened the building here, through until 2020, will you also give me a big wave and a big cheer? <clears throat> Come on, let's give them a big welcome. <clears throat> now, if you joined since 2020, where were you all those years? <laughs> Seriously, we want to welcome everybody who's come recently. Some of you I know have come in recent weeks. Maybe even this is your first Sunday. Why don't we do, you give me a big wave and a cheer if you've been here and come from the last three to four years. And we want to say welcome. And so whenever you join, whenever you first came to Kingsgate, just as Paul is looking back, but he includes everybody, I want to include all of us in this celebration. So we're going to do two, two things. Firstly, we are going to spend 
quite a while looking back and celebrating. We're going to look back and celebrate. I don't know about you, I love that video. Uh, I mean, first time I saw it, I was in tears. Just some of what God has done, some of the amazing people, as Karen said in the video, the highlights of the, the journey have always come in the shape of people, amazing people, people from all kinds of different backgrounds, nationalities, generations. Why don't we just thank God for the, the beautiful, <laughs> wonderful church that he's brought together. And that sense of celebration, that sense of joy that, Karen and I and many of us feel, was actually something that Paul felt, except I think his feeling of joy is all the more remarkable because of where he was writing from. Paul is very clearly writing this letter, letter from prison. Uh, I mean, by the way, if you read the start of the church of Philippi, he's in prison before there's a jail breakout. But now here he is 10 years ago. He's landed himself in prison. He was not a criminal, by the way. He was an amazing man of God who just couldn't stop shutting up about Jesus Christ and preaching the gospel anyway, and it kept landing him in trouble. But what I love about this, and bear in mind this, because it's so countercultural. Here he is. He's in prison, almost certainly, probably in Rome, chained to a Roman guard. And I can imagine a big, sweaty, smelly kind of Roman guard that he's having to be chained to night and day. That's not in the Bible, by the way. But. And I think, how can you be full of joy and celebration in prison, chained 24-7? Well, this is his reason for joy. He, firstly, and I love this, he's writing the letter to give thanks and although he's thanking the Philippians, he does it kind of indirectly because all that Paul is about is focused on God and the work of God and Jesus Christ. So he thanks them by way of a prayer. And so as I preach this message, I want you to kind of see this as a, almost like a thanks to God as well as thanks to one another. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with... Why is he so joyful? Why is he so thankful? And here we come to the heart of the reason for his thanksgiving, what I believe is the heart of the whole letter to the Philippians, and it's going to be the heart of our series over the next couple of months. He says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Can we just say that one word, partnership? Now, in the Greek, it's koinonia, sometimes mistranslated as fellowship, but it literally means a partnership. In, in the culture of the day, it was a word they would have used, a business arrangement, a marriage or something, two parties, and it literally talks about a sharing together. They're investing together. They've got relationship together. But what I love is that Paul takes that word and he starts using it in the New Testament, particularly here in Philippians where there's six references to this word, and he, he takes this kind of two-way partnership and gospelizes it and makes it a three-way partnership with Christ Jesus as the main and the primary partner of the relationship. Amen? And so he's talking here about a partnership. Verse 7, he continues that. All of you share, and it's that same Greek word, literally partner in God's grace with me. And I love the tone of the letter. This is, I think in many ways, it seems like this is Paul's favorite church. He talks about them. He talks about, in verse 7, about, um, I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Wow. 
Uh, there's a sense he knows them, he loves them. There's a sense they're family together. Aren't you glad that church is not an impersonal organisation? It is a relational body and a family, and we are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's, that's the tone that's coming through. So the question is, what was it about the 10-year journey that Paul is so blessed by? What was the nature of their partnership that I believe serves the basis for our understanding of the word partnership? And in many ways, as I look back 35 years to our Kingsgate journey, there's four things that I want to thank God for. The first is, I want you to join me in celebrating 35 years of faithful serving. Faithful serving. Serving is at the very... We'll do that in a moment. (laughs) Thank you. Serving is at the very heart of the book of Philippians. I love the way Paul introduces himself. In some of his letters, you'll notice he talks about himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Here, he drops that and he just says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. And it's clear this is a key theme because as we'll see in the magnificent chapter two, servanthood is right at the very heart of this letter and what it means to be a Christian because he, there's this amazing hymn celebrating Jesus Christ, the ultimate servant, and a call for us to live lives of faithful service. Faithful serving has been the hallmark of Kingsgate Church for the last 35 years. When we started out, uh, there were hardly any of the teams that we have today. There were about nine, maybe up to about, went up to about 15 of us. Uh, We didn't have a welcome team because it was just us. We didn't have a car park, we just rocked up. We didn't have a stewarding team. In fact, for the first year, we didn't even have a worship team. And then a guitarist came to us, um, still part of the church today, and he led worship and I accompanied on my tambourine. That That was the worship team. I wonder whether 35 years it was time for a comeback of the tambourine. And then I fasted and prayed and felt, no, not a good idea, not a good idea. In those days, uh, we didn't really have a, we didn't have, we've got hundreds of people serving our kids and youth. We didn't have that. We had Karen, who was the children's worker. She would take the kids out into the corridor of a fairly kind of, oh, it wasn't grotty, but it was, no, a tiny little corridor in a community centre, that was the children's work. But today, by the grace of God and over the years, we've seen person by person, family by family, added into the church. So today, we have literally hundreds and hundreds of people serving in all kinds of teams, serving on the weekend, caring for life groups in the week, serving out in the community. I want you to join me in just thanking and celebrating every single person who is serving the house of God Thank you for faithful serving. We celebrate that. Second thing I want us uh, to celebrate together. Let's celebrate 35 years of united praying. United praying. I, I, love, uh, I love this letter because it starts in prayer. Paul was a man of prayer and he's praying for the Philippians, and then we'll see in chapter 1, verse 19, they're clearly praying for him. In other words, the whole thing, the whole move of God they're experiencing is birthed in prayer. And I want to say, that's been our story for the last 35 years. This church was birthed in prayer, and it is still fueled by the Holy Spirit and by the prayers of faithful people praying together, not just on their own, but in unity. 
When we started out, as we heard, sometimes um, it was me and one other person at six o'clock in the morning in a cold little community centre, pacing up and down, praying for a move of God, praying for God to come, praying for him to, to, to save multitudes when there was only about uh, half a dozen of us at one time. And thank God, God has been faithful and he's began to answer our prayers. To today, last 21 days, finishing today, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people praying all the way through, night and day, online, in person, in the city, in the country, right across different cities. We now are a house of prayer for the nations. And, and, and we're not going to stop now, amen? I'm looking forward to all that God is going to do as a result of what we've prayed over the, these last 21 days. We're going to keep on asking and seeking and knocking. So why don't we thank God for what he's done, a move of God in prayer, <laughs> move of God in united prayer. Thirdly, I want us to celebrate 35 years of generous giving. It's when Paul talks about your partnership in the gospel, if you look at the whole letter and the context of, of, of why it was written, it was this that actually Paul primarily had in mind on this occasion. Uh, in chapter four, he writes about how you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, there he is, he's going right back to the beginning, no church entered into, here's this word, partnership with me, in giving and receiving except you only. And he's talking there about financial giving. In fact, the reason, or one of the key reasons he's, he's sent this letter via a guy called Epaphroditus, who we'll study uh, a few weeks' time, was because he wants to thank the Philippians for their recent financial support. Well, as I look back, 35 years, right at the start, a few of us, it started in our own hearts, God started doing a work of generous grace when it came to giving, setting us free from fear of lack and from materialism on the other hand and enabling us to open up our hands as stewards and say, thank you, Lord, everything comes through you. At the time, we had very little, but we say we want to start giving you the first and best. And as you bless us, we want to grow in a journey of generosity. And a few people started gathering around in generous giving. To today, we have hundreds and hundreds of people all across our different locations who are saying, we're going to put God first in our finances and we're going to invest our treasure now in the cause of eternity because we can't take our money with us, but we can take souls with us that we give for the gospel. And that's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about an investment financially into the gospel. And I can honestly say, you know, obviously this is all a work of God, but it takes resource to fund what God is doing on the earth. You know, we could not do all we're doing in all our campuses without faithful and generous giving. And so by the grace of God, we've been able to grow and grow and grow. By the grace of God, we've been able to become generous beyond ourselves as a church, blessing those in our communities, blessing other ministries and other churches and other missions in this nation and overseas. And then by the grace of God, because of generous giving, if you like, over and above giving, we've been able not only to buy this land and build this amazing building and continue fitting it out without borrowing any more money, but because of many people's generosity and many, many of your generosity earlier in the year, we're getting to the point where that mortgage is coming right down and God willing, by next April, we're gonna be debt free. Come on. 
I don't know about you, I can feel another celebration coming on. What a party that will be. So we're celebrating 35 years of generous giving, but all of this serving and praying giving, it's not just for our mutual benefit. It's in order to, as it were, facilitate, and this is what I want to celebrate finally, 35 years of gospel sharing. 35 years of gospel sharing. See, this is what um, undergirds Paul's passion here. Firstly, if you read the book of Philippians, I'd encourage you to read it in all one sitting. And just notice the number of times he mentions Christ or Jesus. Jesus is Paul's magnificent obsession. But coming from his love for Christ and his total gratitude for what Christ Jesus has done for him since he appeared to him on the road to Damascus is a passion for what he calls the gospel. Hence, it's not any kind of partnership. The partnership we have is a partnership in the gospel. Now, what does gospel mean? It simply means good news. Can I say, church, we have the best news on planet Earth and the goal is not to keep it to ourselves but to tell every single person within reach about the good news of Jesus Christ and his saving love. Amen? And so here we see that they are partnering in the gospel. Paul's life had been transformed by the gospel. Their lives have been transformed by the gospel. And now through their giving and their sharing of the message... They were in their own city, they were partnering with the gospel. Now, right from the start of Kingsgate, this has been our passion. Uh, about five and a half years before we, ca- we came to Peterborough to start Kingsgate, my life had been completely, radically changed because some people shared the gospel with me and I became a Christian. And my life forever has been changed as a result. Karen uh, became a Christian shortly after. So when we came to to this city, not knowing anybody, (laughs) not really knowing much at all, one thing we were sure of was that Jesus is Lord, that he is the only way to the Father, and that we had a message and a burden to share that message in word and deed. And we were earnestly desiring to reach as many people with the good news as we possibly can. 35 years later, we've run... Dozens and dozens of Alpha courses. I can think of one time when it, it, almost 100 people got born again on one Alpha day. Come on. We've run, we've run many, many celebration services. <laughs> Over 30 years of celebration service. Tens of thousands of people have come and heard the message. We've seen thousands of people make commitments and recommitments to Christ. And in terms of baptisms, we've only got stats going back to 2000. But since then, in the last 23 years, we've seen um, nearly 1,300 people baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've also, as well as sharing the word, we've shared the good news of Jesus in action, in deeds. And so we've got incredible community action ministries, we heard on the video, happening in all our different locations. Just a couple of headlines. So, for example, since 2008, through the Care Zone, which is our furniture bank, we've helped over 17,000 people. And through the Food Bank, which started in 2012, and more recently the Food Pantry, we fed over 81,000 people. Come on, let's give God glory. (laughs) 
And the good news is we've been able not only to bless people in our localities, but by the grace of God, and increasingly so, God is allowing us favor to bless other churches and other ministries through courses, resources, things like learning communities. Thank God for all the lives that have been transformed in the last 35 years. That's a cause for celebration, amen? But briefly, as we look ahead now, much as it's good to look back, it's also important in this moment, just like I did when I was 60, not just to look back, because guess what? God has so much more for us. We're called to look ahead and get ready for the ultimate celebration. As we were talking about 35-year celebration, some of the team started getting excited about 40 years. I mean, 35 is a significant number, isn't it? I mean, that's a long way, long time, isn't it? But you agree, 40 is going to, I mean, wow. And then as we were talking about this, I was reminded of how at our 25-year celebration, I mean, we absolutely went to town. We had a whole weekend of celebration. It was like a kind of a silver jubilee for us. A good friend of Kingsgate, personal friend, some of you know about him, an evangelist called J. John. He says, well, Dave, You've got silver, now go for gold. And I started thinking about this. I thought, wow, 50 years. I don't know what I'll be doing in ministry, but God willing, I want to be down there dancing, jumping up and down, higher than the rest of you. (laughs) And as for another 35 years, well, I'll be 95. I mean, who knows? (laughs) Generations to come, amen. But seriously, 35 years, 40, 50, 70. But you know, they're actually only milestone moments. They're tiny little foretaste of what's going to be the greatest celebration in the whole of human history. And it's this future celebration that Paul has in mind. He's looking back to the beginning but he's, in many ways, he's obsessed. His whole life is dominated by what, he, what I call here the day. Paul calls here simply, twice, verse 6 and verse 10, the day of Christ. And I think it's important that we look ahead because, I don't know about you, I can be so short-term in my thinking. Anyone else? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing next weekend? What am I doing next year? And part of the reason, I think, why the church in the West, quick aside has struggled and in many ways has gone away from the Lord is because I think we've lost that eternal perspective. And we're not living our lives in the light of eternity. And so as we study this, what does that day look, look like? Well, on that day, our resurrected Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, is going to come back. It's a real day. He's going to come back. And on that day, as we'll see in chapter 2, every knee... <laughs> We'll bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And as we see in chapter 3, on that day, I can't wait for this, (laughs) he's going to come from heaven, he's going to transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And on that day, I tell you, it's going to be the party of all parties, the celebration of all celebrations, because all sickness, all suffering, all sin, all brokenness, all separation, even at death itself, every tear will be wiped away, abolished as Jesus Christ comes back to usher in the new creation. And from that day, we're going to have the rest of eternity to enjoy a life unimaginably better 
than our very best days in this life. And I want to tell you, on that day, there's going to be a reward for believers who serve faithfully. Some of you have been serving faithfully and sacrificially, and you may have thought, Phew, all the sacrifice I've made. I want to tell you, when it comes to that day, every sacrifice we've made, every gift we've given, every prayer we've paid, every person we've blessed will seem pale in comparison to the glory and the blessing that Jesus Christ is going to restore, bestow on his faithful people. Amen? What a day that's going to be. And so in the light of this, how do we respond? We know, we know it's, it's God's doing something. Paul's confident at this moment. He says, I'm confident that he began a good work in us. It's going to carry on to completion. But I believe if we're going to respond, we need to hold this intention that God is sovereign, but we are responsible for our own lives and our own actions. Amen? And so there's a couple of things I want to encourage you to do. Firstly, in the light of that future day, and I feel a burden to say this. We could just finish now, party. But God doesn't, I believe God wants us to look ahead and get ourselves ready for the party of all parties. So the time to get ready for the day is not when it comes. Certain parables Jesus tells about that. The time to get ready is in the, the years we've got from now until we die or until he comes back, if it's in our lifetime. Some of you think, well... I haven't done much of the last 35 years. You can't change any of what's happened behind. We can make a difference now. And so Paul, and he is still full of joy and gratitude and confidence, but he doesn't just finish with thanksgiving. He turns and starts praying for the church. And I'm going to pray this for us in a minute. And it's very, very interesting I'll study this. The one thing he could have prayed. If you were going to pray for yourself, your family, your life group, ministry, or the future king's act, what would, you, what would be the first thing on your, your mind? It's, it's kind of obvious and yet powerful what Paul picks. This is his prayer. He says that your love, and that's agape, unconditional love, may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Wow. He says, you're already a loving church. Can I say, I genuinely believe that love is at the heart of, of Kingsgate. But he says, I want that love that's there, as it were. If this is the temperature gaze, I want it to get, Paul's saying, I want it to get way hotter. Now, what love's he talking about here? Well, obviously, it's the love of God to us. And of course, that would be the love of God back to, to himself. But in the context here, primarily, he's talking about, if you like, the overflow of the love of God in us and through us, horizontally being expressed in our love for one another. Because let me remind you, we are a family, we are a body, and the greatest way we can demonstrate the love of Jesus to the world is by loving one another. Come on, you can do better than that. By loving one another. And so it's almost like Paul saying, whatever you do, get your life now, I include myself in this, to the point where we're getting dressed ahead of time this is, the, this, is, this is one of the garments that we're going to wear, which is our love is going to abound more and more in knowledge and depth inside. But then he does a second thing. He says, and the fruit of this love or the effect of this love, it's not just we feel nice. He says that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. 
Now we'll study this in the next few weeks, but to be pure and blameless in first century Philippi was not an easy deal in the pagan pre-Christian world that they, they got born into. Can I say it's not easy in our culture today, but if we are going to live for the day of Christ, we're going to demonstrate an inner purity and an outward actions where we can say we're blameless before you, Lord. Not fully perfect yet, but we're going to live our lives with a radical sense. We're going to clothe our lives in more love and we're going to live holy lives that are fully devoted and fully glorifying to our Saviour. Amen. Let's get ourselves ready now. And let's grow in radical partnership over the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 35 years however long the Lord has got for us on this earth. But we mustn't finish there because the final thing I want to say is this, is that we've got to help others get ready. See, this is the party of all parties and every single person has the opportunity to come but guess how they're going to know about it because we're not going to stop sharing the gospel in word and deed. We're going to not just have a, an inward party and forget about the world Facing a lost eternity, we're going to go out with fresh anointing and fresh passion and fresh faith and we're going to partner together for the gospel to reach many more people, tens of thousands of people in our neighbourhoods and to the nations so that on that day we can not only say we got ourselves ready but look at all the people we brought with us. Amen. What better, what better way of positioning ourselves for what's to come. So will you stand with me as we pray and you can join online, wherever you're watching, Cambridge, Leicester. And I, I want to just make this personal to, to kind of wear some of you out. Firstly, I want to say to all our faithful partners, those of you who have either recently or in some in recent days or even decades, I want to say I thank God for you. Well done. Blessed together... Let's not plateau in our love for God or our love for one another and our love for the world. Let's keep pressing on. Let's let our love abound more and more. Because guess what? We, as it were, set the thermostat of the spiritual temperature. You join with me, faithful part, and say, Lord, I want more. I want more. And then to those of you who maybe you've just joined really recently and you say, well, to be honest, great to celebrate and look back, but I haven't actually played much of a part in the last 35 years. Well, you weren't here, so that... But I believe many of you, God is calling you to play a massive part in the next leg of the journey. And for many of us, children and children's children are going to play a massive part in the journey. So I want to, as it were... Say, use this autumn season, an opportunity to say, I want to fully get on board and I want to be one who starts faithfully serving and unitedly praying and generously giving and sharing the gospel. I also just want to say to any of you, you maybe been around for quite a while. Maybe there's a time when you were more involved and more on fire than you are right now. And it's like it, the, the trajectory of where you're heading isn't quite about getting ready for the day. We'll use this moment, mark this moment, mark this day 
and use this series as an opportunity to say, I want to be all that Jesus has for me. I don't want to waste the precious few years that I've got on planet Earth. Can I say, they're tiny in comparison to eternity. Do the maths. 80 years, eternity. Let's make the most of the one life that God has given us. And finally, I just want to say to any of you who are not sure whether you even know Jesus Christ or are right with him today. And when I first was checking out being a Christian, I heard people saying, if Jesus was to come tonight, would you be ready for him? I think being scared is a motivation to become a Christian, but it is quite sobering. I believe today is the day of salvation. Some of you may be in a round, maybe you're watching online, maybe you haven't done for a while. This is the day to say, Lord, I want to receive your grace. I don't want to waste any more of my life. I want to get all in with your kingdom purposes. So let's pray together, can we? As I, I do, I want us to think about our heart, our hands and our feet, metaphorically speaking. Firstly, think about your heart. Why don't you put your hands on your heart? And all of us can respond at this moment because I want to basically pray that all of us will experience the love of God and an increase of the love of God. And for some of you, that means opening your heart for the first time. Others of us, it may be, oh, my heart's gone a bit cold. Lord, do a miracle. What better way to end 21 days and mark 35 years? So come, Lord, right now. Let's, will you join me? Just, just pray this. I'm just going to join along in your own words. Lord, we thank you for your love for us, Lord. We ask you to forgive us, Lord, where we're maybe not living in line with your will for our lives. We open the door of our hearts, invite you to come in. Break in, Lord. For those of us already on the journey, come, Lord, with your fire. Set us ablaze for you that we, our love might abound more and more. Right now, if you're receiving Jesus, I pray right now as you open the door, Lord Jesus, come in. Just say, Lord, come into my life, Lord Jesus. Forgive me, change me, cleanse me. Set me free. Fill me with your love and your life and your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. Come back to the Lord right now, I pray, in Jesus' name. And then secondly, I want us just to hold out our hands. You see, hands represent work. It talks about lifting holy hands in prayer, lifting hands in worship. Our hands represent our resources and our giving right now. Why don't you just lift up your hands to the Lord and say, and I commit or I recommit every part of my life, Lord. I want to put you first in my time, with my talents, with my treasure. I want to be somebody who lifts up my hands in prayer. I want to pray and keep on praying. I want to give and keep on giving. I want to serve and keep on serving. Strengthen our hands, Lord. Anoint us for the next stage of the journey. And then as you're doing that, just imagine your feet right now, Lord. We pray that you'd anoint our feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. May we go out of this place, Lord, with a renewed confidence and a new passion to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in word and deed. And you receive all the glory in Jesus' name. Why don't we just thank the Lord for what he's doing right now. 
And then before we respond in singing, you should have here, for those of us who are in person here today, you should have one of these little cards that basically are the it's, it's key part of the scripture I've just been sharing on. And I want almost just, just to, like my dad did at my 60th, I want to pray this over us here at Kingsgate. So you might want to just lift it up. Let me pray this over us as a church. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And now this is my prayer, that your, that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Let's give Him praise as we respond in song. Thank you.